On this episode of Missouri Catfish Podcast, we look at the 2023 points race leaderboard for the Central Missouri Catfish Tournaments and attempt to answer a loaded question from a listener. I'm your host, Cliff Thornburg. Shove off with us and let's get started. This Benthic broadcast is brought to you by Easy Clips Culling System, which you can purchase directly from their Facebook page or from Tackle Bandits. For sponsorship, advertising, or any other kind of promotional information, please email the podcast at MissouriCatfishPodcast at gmail.com or message our Facebook page, Twitter, or Instagram. All right, I am your host, Cliff Thornburg. It is November 12th. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Missouri Catfish. First of all, as far as news on the Missouri River Catfish Classic, that was held last week within about a 200-mile stretch of the Missouri River, five different boat ramps, I believe, lots of different anglers out there on the river. Personally, I did not participate, been doing a lot of other things, but Jeremy Stone and Angelo Stone, total of 152.3 pounds out of Lexington. Joel Roberts, Justin Clower out of Atchison, Kansas. They had the big fish. DJ Meredith, James Jackson out of Lexington. Kevin Parks, Ty Wolf out of Atchison. Casey Hayes, Dustin Sturgis out of Atchison. Clint Crawford, Kelly Tyndall out of Lexington. Jordan Moss, and Kyle Lucas out of Klondike. All these um, are upriver of of myself. John Thielen, Ryan Guffey out of Atchison. James Atchison, John Traeger out of Atchison. Josh Vale, Bob and Bobby and Missy out of Atchison. So the top 10 were all way upriver, except for Clint Crawford and Kelly Tyndall out of Lexington, which is still upriver. As far as downriver, John Spatiform, Brian Saunders at, put in at Glasgow. Ben Cordy, Jaden Cordy out of Glasgow. They were 26. John Spatiform and Brian Saunders were 14th. Their biggest fish was 29 and a half pounds. Hunter Smith and James Smith also were out of Glasgow. They had a total of 23 and a half pounds, and they placed 29th. So... All in all, it looks like a little bit of tough fishing, especially downriver. So you just never know when you get out there. And, and it's interesting to see all those bigger fish upriver. It's always something to think about, especially this late in the year. You, you always think of some of the fish kind of coming back downriver, especially the river's been pretty low. But that's evidently not the case. It was not the case last week. 
on the Central Missouri Catfish Tournament's 2023 points race leaderboard, there is a three-way tie up at the top with 2,072 points, although the, the merits didn't really matter there. But Brian Saunders and John Spatafora, our team with B.J. Martin, Dale Smith, Daniel Jacobs, Dean Benner, Gabby Jacobs are a team. Craig Shoemate, Brad Shoemate, and Bobby Smith are a team. They're all three very good teams that are tied going into the grand finale on November 26th at Glasgow. And all three of those teams are very good on the river. So it'll be a very tight. This is the tightest race since I've been involved in it. And three, very good. There's no flukes there. Chris Brenniger and Troy Phillips are in fourth. They're an extremely good team. It, they're just a little bit behind, but I would not count them out. If there's the amount of boats needed, they could pull off an up- upset there. Joe Bell, David Burtz, Carol Bell, Stella Bell, Loretta Turner, Jeff Singer. They've been plugging away all along, and they are in fifth place. And that that's a good story there. Philip. Normeyer and Michael Sutner, they missed Franklin Island, so they dropped off a bit there. They had a tough one at Waverly. But those guys can can come back with a, a giant fish at any time. Uh, I think they're, they can bring in a, a big fish just about as consistently as anyone. And we are going to go to a short break, and then we are going to go to our question of the day, and that question was was submitted by a listener of the podcast, so we're going to give our best effort to answer that. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we would encourage you to try the official fish fry breading of the Missouri Catfish podcast, Mad Jack's fish fry breading and it is available in many stores around but they also have their store in kansas city kansas so look them up like them on facebook mad jack's fresh fish and they also sell fish there so if you are like myself and not the greatest angler you can still have that fish fry try mad jack's fresh fish fry breading it is a little less salty than a lot of the other brands, and I think you are going to really like it. Again, that's Mad Jack's Fish Fry Breading. All right, we had a question from a listener, and I am not going to say their name. If they want to say it and tag themselves, that's fine, but I don't want to give anyone any... There's nothing, absolutely nothing embarrassing there, but if they just don't want the publicity... Completely understand it. And I was going to have a much better fisherman or two than myself to answer this question, but I've really been struggling to get somebody. I usually do these really early in the morning by myself and then try to get a guest sometime when everybody's awake, but when everybody's awake means family's awake and there's 150 other things to do. So it's just been a struggle. So I wanted to answer this, though, before the water completely cools down and it's not as relevant because when the water is really cold, it's just a different ball game. So the listener says, 
I have been listening to your podcast for a while now, and you always ask for ideas for the show. I bought my boat two years ago and have been catfishing fairly serious. My main lake that I fish is Smithville, which is mainly channel cats. I go to Truman and fish several times a year and do pretty good on the blues there. The last two weeks, I have been trying the Missouri River around Platte City. I caught one three-pound blue and two gar. I fished in front and behind of every wing dike for miles up and down the river. I was really surprised at how few fish I saw on the fish finder. I was hoping maybe you could give a few pointers for first-timers trying to figure out the river. Thanks and really enjoy your podcast. First of all, thank you very much for listening. And second, welcome to the river. It is a, it's a beast all of its own. And I would say that your experience is the experience of almost everyone that's done the river <clears throat> that doesn't start out with someone that already fishes it. It's a pretty steep learning curve if you're going out in your own boat and you are haven't been there before. So it's just you. You got your own boat, maybe a buddy, but they, they've never been on the river. This is You're doing exactly... You're right on pace for where you should be. And I would start, I would back up a little and at least examine my goals for going on the river. So goals are important in fishing because you have a lot of time, expense, a lot of planning that goes into it. So I would back up and and ask myself, why I would want to fish the Missouri River. Because, and this is being brutally honest, if you are happy with catching lots of fish, eater-sized fish from two to four pounds and the occasional fish up to 50 pounds, I would not fish the Missouri River. It's too hard, it's too hard on equipment, it's too fickle, the conditions change, it affects it much more than anywhere else. I would stick to Truman. If it was me and and I wasn't after truly giant fish, I think you would be happier in the long run doing that. If you just enjoy Fishing the river, if if you're like myself, I would rather not catch fish on the river than fish a reservoir and catch fish. And that's basically the, the mindset you, you have to have going into river fishing is that it's very hard. It, it's kind of like baseball. If you have a if you have a good success a third of the time you're up to the plate, you are going to Cooperstown, the Hall of Fame in baseball. It would be analogous to that on the Missouri River. I would say one out of three times, if you put it together and have quite a bit of success and feel good, I think you're doing great. And that's after years of fishing the river, knowing what you're doing, and having it all together, the right equipment, So if you're starting from square one, you're going to have more, probably one out of 10, one out of 10 trips would be a success for you. So 
And, and that really goes to expectations. Um, <clears throat> the river is very tough. You, you know, I, I just went through the race leaderboard in that Missouri River Catfish Classic. And those were all teams with good equipment. They probably scouted quite a bit and they had their bait ready. They were, they put in the water and 30th place, Philip Brown, Sam Crack, they had a total of 21.34 pounds. So that tells you it's hard. It, it tells you it's very hard. It's very tough. It, it's the reason why the Missouri River goes by Kansas City, Lexington. It goes by Columbia pretty much, down there by Perchy Creek, Jeff City, St. Louis, St. Joseph, lots of big towns, all the big towns. And yet you drive by in your truck and there's not any boats out there. It, it's the reason why there's a, one or two guides on the Missouri River. I don't know that they're full-time, but they might be. But there's not that cottage industry that's at Lake of the Ozarks, at Truman, even on the Mississippi. And the reason why is it's tough. It's tough to put people on fish every single time you go. People don't want to pay you to say, well, we're, we're going to try to get you on fish, but that's fishing the Missouri River. So that's, first of all, your expectations. You just have to be prepared for a tough time out there. And that goes to confidence, too. You have to have the right mindset knowing this is going to be tough, but even if I don't succeed, I'm building towards something. And your confidence, this is kind of a side tangent, but if you have a lot of social media out there and everyone's catching big catfish, and it's making you feel bad, down about yourself fishing out there, I'd delete them. I'd, I'd get rid of them. You know there's big catfish in the Missouri River. You don't need a picture of someone doing it to, to tell you that. If it doesn't make you feel good or you're learning something, you know, there's some accounts that they don't even drop pictures till like four or five weeks after they catch the fish to make sure you can't get in on the action. They delete anywhere that might tell you where it might be or what kind of structure, they're not giving you any information on it. And, and those, those things, they don't give you any information. They're making you feel bad about yourself. They're doing that and you're having to work a construction job. I, I get rid of them. Get rid of the negativity in your life in, in any way. And, and that'll streamline your fishing. You'll go out there with better, better head on your shoulders. So, there's basically, to me, and I should have started with this disclaimer, I'm not a very good river fisherman. I've caught some. There's many fishermen way better than myself. That's why I tried to get some, but just in an honest attempt to answer the question, I'm going to, to give it a shot here. So you have the right expectations that it's hard. You get these people that out of your life that, look like they're doing it all the time. And by the way, 100% they are not. That's why you see these pictures of sunsets and pelicans and cooking steaks on the grill on the back of their boat. All those 
pictures tell you is they're not catching fish because if they had an 80 pound blue cat in their boat you wouldn't see a picture of a pelican you wouldn't see a picture of a eagle from 200 yards away so it's tough it's hard anyone that tells you that fishing the missouri river is not tough hard and challenging if they're telling you to buy some bump rod and you're gonna slam them out there that it's not true the good news, though, is when you figure it out, a lot of the good spots continue to be good spots year in and year out on the Missouri River. That is why you see in these tournaments, even though the tournament will be in one's particular spot, these good fishermen that have good spots in their home stretch of river drive all the way back to their home stretch of river where they know they can probably find some catfish. So, and think about that for a minute. A, a fisherman will spend three hours of travel time, 50 gallons of gas, going back to a home stretch of river, and that will pay off for them, or they believe it will pay off for them, much better than fishing a new set of river trying to learn those spots. So that tells you right there, learning stretches of river, getting good on a stretch, it is pays off better than trying to break down new water right in front of you because that's very hard and it just takes a long, long time on the river to do that. So we have expectations, we have our confidence, and confidence comes with having a plan. And, and we'll get to that in a minute. But there's basically three ways to fish on the river with rod and reel. The first one is you can bump. And bumping is what a lot of these very tough guys do. They bump around these river bends in the current, they cover lots and lots of water bumping. But bumping is not for everybody, at least at first anyway. You have to have very good equipment. You have to have a good trolling motor, a good battery. The Missouri River is very swift. If you're out there by yourself and you haven't been on the river very much, I don't think that's a realistic way to do it from the beginning, especially if you don't really know what, what you're doing yet. So you can bump, and that's... I am not knocking that, not telling people not to bump because that's probably if you want to consistently be in the top of tournaments, you'll definitely have to learn how to bump to be in the top of consistently. You've got to have that in your toolbox. So you can bump. You can find fish on your fish finder and you can set up on those fish. That's the second way to do it. So you're actively looking for fish, you find those fish, and you set up on those fish and you catch them. Best case scenario. The third way to fish is you set up on an area, you do not see fish there yet, but you think fish are going to come. Like at night, you think, these fish are going to come up into a shallow flat 
and you basically set up and you wait on fish. And that's a, a way to do it. And there's a fourth way that I did as a beginner, and I'll get to that in a minute, why that doesn't work. So, but there's these three ways to fish. So you have to decide how you're going to fish. And most of this is based on equipment. So if you don't have all the, the stuff to bump, if you don't have a trolling motor in the front of your boat or you're just starting out, that's probably out. If you don't have a personality to bump, if if that's something that's, you know, it's, some people just, they... they that's not for them. If you have not a very good fish finder, if you don't have side scan, which when the river's real shallow, if you don't have side scan, you're looking about four foot of the bottom right under the boat. It's tough to find fish out there. You could then set up on a likely spot and play the waiting game, which is the third way. And that's not a bad way to do it, especially if you're just getting out there, learning things. In the evenings, this time of year, there's lots of flatheads around, so that's kind of a wild card bonus. So there's basically those three ways, and you need to figure out which you want to do, I think, before you get out there. Although you could look for fish, and then if you just didn't find any, you could set up on a likely looking spot and go from there. Now the fourth way is the way I did when I began. I would just hit dike to dike. I'd thrash around, put my boat up on the rocks, scare everything away, which by the way, I was usually fishing behind the fish the way the current would go. And then I wouldn't have the patience to wait for either the fish to come back or for new fish to come in. So I'd scare the fish off that dike, thrash around there a while, and then before anything could really happen, I'd move on to the next one and so on and so forth and practice a uh, endless exercise in futility there. So... I would get get how I'm going to fish and kind of tailor myself to that. I'd get a game plan mentally, but before I went. All right, so now to the nuts and bolts of it. You are after, presumably, blue catfish. And the first thing you have to remember, it, like myself, I, I started fishing farm ponds, strip pits, reservoirs for bass. And blue catfish are nothing like that. They love current. When it finally clicked for me, I was tired of fighting gar and I was tired of messing with mosquitoes and I got myself out in current with basically the mindset, I don't care if I catch catfish but I'm not messing with a gar again. And gar don't like current. So, and then results started happening. So you're looking for a fish, and I'll repeat this again, but you're not looking for where current meets no current. 
you are looking for where fast current seems hits slower current. So you're going to be fishing current all the time, unless it's dead of the winter and you're behind a trail dike. You are fishing fast current meeting slower current. Or the same thing, fast current, and then on the bottom, there's an obstruction and there's slower current down there. So you're always looking for a current seam. If you are back in a peaceful place where you think, if there were bass in here, I'd be catching them, that's wrong. You're going to catch gar. And I'll say that there's people that are successful that way, and that's why this question's so tough. There's people that fish gar holes and have success. There's many different ways to catch blue cats. I'm telling you how, just my, my two cents on it. And it's literally two cents. So you are looking for current meeting, your fast current meeting slower current. You need to think of that every single time. If you're thinking this fish, boy, how are they going to swim in this fast current? Am I fishing in too fast a current? The answer is no. You're not fishing in too fast of a current unless the water is very, very cold. And if so... Going back to our question, I was really surprised at how few fish I saw on the fish finder. That's, you're, you're right. The, the first time I was out there with a guy who's a very good fisherman, but not on the Missouri River, he thought his fish finder was broke. He thought maybe because it was muddy, it was messing with the settings. We weren't finding any fish. This is a giant system. This isn't little Lake of those arts where it's dammed on one end, dammed on the other. These fish can go from Rulo, Nebraska. They can go to New Orleans. And this is a wide open fish that loves current. They can be anywhere. They can be, if the river's high, they can be in Sheraton, Iowa, up the Sheraton River. They can be in Chillicothe, up the Grand River. They can be wherever down the Lamine. They can be, they can be on the Ohio River. The fish you catch today can be on the Ohio River next week. That's a fact. So you are fishing for a fish that's very wide open. And they always say about a third of fish are kind of home bodies, third of fish are wide open, pelagic type fish, and a third are somewhere in the middle. That's probably true. But you're fishing for a fish that can be anywhere. So if you go, you think you're doing something, and this is how I was. I thought, boy, you know, I've, I've covered 10 miles of river here. I haven't found these fish. You really think you're doing something and you haven't done anything, really, compared to what these fish can do. So you got to have current and you, the river's so big. You get out there, you, you don't know really what you're doing. It's kind of hard to trailer your boat, to, to get it in by yourself. It's, it's a feat just getting out there. So you get out there and the river, it, it's so big. It's, there's so much. When I started, you, you read like Channel Cat Fever, How to Break Down, Riffle Hole Run. Well, with all the dikes on the Missouri River, it, it's not really like that. It, it's different. The, it's, it's dike, 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 dike bins. So you're very, you're, you're just overwhelmed. So 
I think how to do it, a plan I would have. If I was fishing around Platte, I would pick out, first of all, I would pick out a 10-mile stretch. I go by mile marker. So I would go from mile marker 400 to 390. And I would not take a fishing pole. I would go out there and mark some spots. I would go on a 10-mile stretch if I didn't know anything. And I would look at everything in 10 miles. might take you a couple times. And I would mark everything I thought was decent, but then I'd cull the spots. I'd go down to, I'd pick three or four decent spots there. And then I'd focus on them. So like from 400, right below the, the Leavenworth Bridge, Riverfront Park there, I'm just looking at a map. You see the current swings from 398 to 397, which that's a mile, so that's a big stretch. But it goes from one side, one bank to the other bank. So anytime a river goes from one bank to the other bank, which it does the whole time, it's just a big, long, mile-long, miles-long deal. It's always going from one bank to the other bank. And the wing dikes are always on the off-current bank. So if you were in a tugboat, you stay away from the wing dikes. You, you crowd the other bank. And that's where the current is. So I would look anytime a river's going from one bank to the other bank, the current's changing, and you're going to have fast current meeting slow current. And you can... Look there, you can find places, and that's kind of something I would do. Just looking at my core map between 394 and 393, what's supposed to be about halfway, 394, 393 and a half, there's a hazard there. So it's probably a shallow area or a wrecked barge or something on the current side. So you got current there. You either got shallow water or a barge, something sticking out there. I think that's a good spot to try. And then from 393 to 392, this river's switching back over. So I would try from like 392 and a half, you have the river switching from one bank to the other bank. I would try the slack water on either side there and see if you can find any fish. The Platte River dumps in at a little over 391 and lots of people have success fishing mouths of rivers. It's kind of been a red herring for myself personally. And unless it's a spring and the river fish are going up it. But even then, I, I haven't had real success for real big fish. And that's what you're after on the Missouri River. If you were after little fish, you'd, you'd be fishing somewhere else. So, yeah, the, the mouth, it, it seems like it would be good. It's a great place to catch bait. You'd probably go up there and catch bait. Probably throw a cast net 
you only want to be fishing with fresh cut bait or frozen skipjack. Maybe frozen shad, but I, I want a big bait. I want a big bloody bait. I go with lots of bait. I, I like to use the heads. I, I use it all, but if I have a lot of bait, I'm, I'm mainly using heads. I want it bloody. I, I fish great big bait. There's different theories on everything, but it's a big muddy river. I use a 13-aught Nocturnal Nation hook. That's all I use. And I go from, I, I just put big bloody baits in likely places where fast current meets slower current, not where fast current meets no current. So, and so I would break down this 10 mile stretch I do that. I would not take a, a a fishing rod. If you if you take your fishing rods, at least myself, if I take my fishing rods, I'm tempted to fish. I'm tempted to stop, and you can't stop. You need to break down this ten mile stretch of river and find three or four of the best spots, and only hit those. And here's the the bad thing: no, no matter. Even when you pick these spots, they may not be the best spots. Good fishermen drive 10 miles easy, but you got to break it down into something manageable at a time. So you take it 10 mile sections at a time, or even five if you have a little motor and it's just too much travel time. But I would break it down, you break 10 miles down into just three or four spots. It's just like when you get good at a lake, you, there's a lot of water out there, but you're not fishing very much of it. You you go by all those shallow coves that don't have much that, in less really specific times, you're fishing big points, channel bends, and that's the way the river is. At first, it looks like these fish could be anywhere, and then you get out there, and it's not. It over time, you, you'll just have to trust me on this. It gets more manageable, and you're overwhelmed at first, but if you take it at a 10, 10 mile river section and you just by elimination, you're like, all these spots look good. Man, this all looks fishy. It does. But you you gotta say, well, what's what's the best spots here? And then you go from there. And there's, there's miles of unproductive water out there. And um, you, you just have to eliminate it because you don't have enough time to fish all of it you gotta you you have a fish finder of some kind you have to use the tool you you've got google maps probably on your phone or navionics you you gotta use it to narrow it down because there's just too much so the other thing i'm i'm reading your question again which is a great question and i encourage these you caught one three-pound blue and two gar. So you fished in front and behind every wing dike for miles up and down the river. So what that tells me, I think, is you're fishing right behind the wing dike. You're fishing probably in the slack water there. That's how you're catching the gar. You're putting your boat up on the dike or on the, on the bank there, and you're kind of fishing slack water, and that's why you're getting those gar... And that's why maybe you're getting maybe a smaller blue cat, but that could be anywhere. What I would suggest doing, another thing to do, is 
what I would look for if I was doing it is let's say in River Miles 3, there, there's really a long stretch of wing dikes on one side from like 393, well, 392 and a half all the way to 400. So basically on this one side of the river, there's a bunch of wing dikes. And what I would challenge you to do is not put your boat up on those dikes. It's easy to do. While you're by yourself, you don't have to pull an anchor. I would set an anchor out in water every time. If you're, if you're fishing a dike, I would first look by putting my boat between the dikes. So you line your boat up and you can see every dike, the tip of every dike, you're right in line with those. I would start by looking for fish like that. I would mark fish and sometimes they're hard to see. Sometimes it's a subtle thing, but I would go up and down that miles long stretch, lining my boat up with those dikes and you'll have to drive around them when you get to them and see if you see any fish. And also caution, it can get shallow. So don't, don't run your boat aground, pay attention. But I would do that. And any kind of drop off, any kind of seam you see, if there's fish there, you think there might be fish there, pay attention to that and fish that. When you throw your anchor out, you want it to be in swift enough water, your boat's not kicking around. Make sure you're, you're Motor straight. I would put your prop in gear so it's not spinning and um, annoying you and, and sending sound. But you would want to do that. And these fish will go in cold water, slack water later, but they're in pretty fast water up until it's pretty cold, in my opinion. So you're going to look for these fish. If you don't see them there, if it's getting cold, maybe you, you go between the dikes. <coughs> excuse me, you go between the dikes, but closer to the shore and you, you start going between those dikes a little closer in, but we're not anchoring on the dike. We're not putting our boat on the dikes. We're anchoring out in the water in swift, in decent current. And then we're fishing behind the boat. It's also very important while you're breaking down water, it takes a lot of time per spot. So you cannot afford to waste your time on a mediocre spot, particularly when you're fishing by yourself because it's too hard to set the anchor, set everything up and fish a spot for a while that you should have driven by. So drive by, if you're in doubt about a spot, keep driving. If you drive till you run out of time, then you have to put your boat up on the trailer. You're probably time ahead. So I would just look, I would look, look, look before I ever threw my anchor out. Also make sure your anchor has a buoy on it because if you catch a big fish, you will want to cut your rope and come back to your anchor and pull it later if you need to like that. Or if like a, a big tree is coming down, you don't want to, you can get off your anchor and come back for it. And usually the tree will just pass over your buoy and no big deal. 
But even if it doesn't, it's it's not worth losing the whole rig over over a tree coming down. But you you want to fish current. You want to keep looking for fish. And the payoff is there. There's not the idiots that there are on a lake. You know, it, it's not about jet skis and yachts and all that. The river weeds out the idiots. You you can't get all messed up and get out on the river. Um, you'll get up on a dike. There, there's just too much out there. So if if you go out there enough, you're going to find these other diehards. You you. Like when I go out on Memorial Day, I don't know a lot of the boats on the river. But if you're out there fishing this time of year, you're going to see the same two or three boats. You're going to see a government boat looking for white sturgeon. You're going to see a couple other guys setting lines. And then you're going to see a couple diehards out there fishing. And they're going to come back defeated. And you can talk to them at the boat ramp. How'd you do? And you'll... Once those guys see that you're for real and you're out there putting in the work, grinding out these tough days, they'll usually share something with you. And um, Also, another great way to shorten the learning curve on the Missouri River is either entering a fishing tournament, but if you don't want to spend 160 bucks doing that, get you a pair of binoculars and put your boat in 20 miles up or down the river from the tournament launch ramp and go up and down the river and just make notes of where these fishermen that think they have it figured out are fishing. And once you see where they're fishing and you're like, oh, that's where I would have fished too, it, it gives you confidence. You're like, I'm in the right spots. I'm doing the same right things that these other fishermen are doing. And it'll confirm things for you. It'll open your eyes. You're like, man, I didn't know there's a fish way out there in the middle where Chris Brenniger's bumping. You'll, you'll get to see what other people are doing. And use your binoculars. You don't want to get on these people and aggravate them, but you don't have to. You can drive around in the current in the main channel, you can see what people are doing at different times and keep a logbook. It, it's more important for people like you and me to keep a logbook because we're not out there every day. We, we can't reinvent the wheel. We just don't get out there enough. So you need to write down water temperature, barometer, river level, what's it like out there, how much trash is out there, and what your results are. And... If you go out there and look at what these tournament guys are doing, if you keep your own logbook and you keep grinding away, you will, it will pay off for you. And the payoff is, like I said, there's, there's not the idiots that accompany a lake. There's not boat launch issues. And there's absolutely giant fish. There's a real possibility. If you're using good bait in these good spots and you're persevering, you're going to catch a triple-digit fish. There's, they're out there. You can do it. But you just have to be prepared. You have to have a game plan. And even after you break down this river and you have three or four spots and you go out there, you're like, I put in all this work. It still may not work for you. It, it still may not work at first. You just have to keep trying. But you have to... 
you have to have a game plan and you have to stick to it. If if it doesn't work like this, you can't do something crazy and say, well, I'm going to go to chicken and Kool-Aid and fish this dead water behind the dike. You can't do that. You're wasting your time. You got to keep on what you're doing. You got to, if you're fishing flats, you got to keep trying flats with good bait. You got to have the confidence to keep persevering, looking for fish. If you don't keep, if you don't find fish, you feel like, ah, oh, the afternoon's getting away from me. Don't stop because you're just wasting time. You got to keep looking for fish. You got to weed out the bad spots because there's lots of unproductive spots. You see a guy get on the river, they just keep going. They're not wasting their time in all these little slack water, no water spots. They know where they are. You don't yet. So you have to go in there and figure it out, but you can't afford to stop there and catch a gar or catch half pound channel cat or not catch anything and knock your skeg off. You have to keep keep going, keep grinding, keep persevering, find those fish. And if you don't find them, you just got to say to yourself, I'll get them next time. You You just, you have to keep doing it and the giant fish is the payoff. It's it's when that rod is hopefully in a secure rod holder and the tip of it just keeps going down and you think, what have I done? And that's, that's what the payoff is. And I am so thankful we had a, a listener who listens first and then they had a question and that they were honest enough. And I hope this helps somebody out there. And I should have said this before, but the main thing is to be safe out there. Don't don't get yourself in, into, you know, the current's very unforgiving out there. Never anchor sideways or try some French landing or something. Do it. Always anchor from the from the front. Wear a life jacket. Have people that know where you're at. Have your significant other know, tell them the mile markers where you're fishing. Say, hey, I'm fishing up by, you know, I always tell my wife, hey, I'm fishing up by BRT today. So that if I don't come home, she would have a a, a place, a starting place. You got to have a starting place for them to look for you. The Highway Patrol can come rescue you, um, but it would take a long time. So I would just uh, network with other river fishermen there because everyone on the river whether you have a brand new sea arc or you're down on your luck like myself, you will break down out there. It will happen. So you, you need to have a network of people. Everybody's nice, wants to help. They understand you, you might, you'll get in trouble at some point. It's, it's just bound to happen. If you're out there enough, things are going to happen. If you talk to someone that's never had anything bad happen on the river... I would probably be wary of them because they probably haven't been out there very much. Thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully it wasn't too preachy, but I was trying to emphasize what I do. There's 150 other ways to catch fish. Also, another side rant, just because people are catching fish one way, that doesn't mean you got to catch, as Brian Saunders said, you can't catch other people's fish. You have to catch fish in the program, how you're catching them. 
if you're catching them on these flats in between dikes and you hear somebody catching them in some gar hole or bumping, that's great. There's fish everywhere, but you got to catch your fish. If you're programmed on flats until you just have to do something different, stick to your program. Stick to how you're doing it and how it's working for you. And you just have to be hard-headed enough to keep at it until, until you have some success. Thanks for listening. Our contact information is Missouri Catfish Podcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email's good. Send us any pictures, anything you want us to share. And thanks for listening. Tight lines.